0: Welcome and thank you for joining us today for the Integrated Advisors Network Journey to Independence podcast series. It's a conversation for advisors considering independence with advisors who have already made the leap. I'm your host, Linda Picks, co-founder and Chief Relationship Officer for Integrated Advisors Network. Integrated is a registered investment advisor representing a nationwide network of more than 30 advisory practices with over $2.7 billion in asset center management. The integrated platform empowers network advisors with the freedom to focus on their clients and 100% ownership of their business at integrated. Our tagline is ownership without being on your own. This podcast is available on our website, integratedadvisorsnetwork.com, our social media outlets, as well as Spotify and Apple podcast and other major podcast platforms. If you know other advisors like yourself who may benefit from this series, please feel free to share it. Joining me today on this podcast is my partner and the president of Integrated, Jason Inglis. There's a lot to discuss, so let's get started. So on today's podcast, we had a conversation with Ben Newhouse of Vineyard Asset Management, and what a brilliant man. He is younger than me and has What did you say, Jason? More
1: degrees than the thermometer. More degrees than the thermometer. Yeah, no, Ben's got some great insight. He's just a fascinating guy and just a really nice guy. And I think with Vineyard, because they do so many different things, I think it showcases what you can do as an independent. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into into one thing, whether it be a planner or an asset allocator or anything like that. They really cover a wide variety of different things within their business. Which is helpful because he does have more degrees than the thermometer. <laughs> so he was really fascinating to talk to. And I think our listeners will really enjoy this podcast.
0: I think they will also. So with, without any further ado, here's the podcast that we did with Ben. And uh, I think we are naming it The uh, the Road to Damascus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'll make and, sense.
0: Yeah. And we, and we hope you enjoy it. So thanks for listening. Here we go. Every advisor dreams of owning their own practice and controlling their destiny. At Integrated, we make that dream a reality. So our goal is to provide our listeners with real stories from real advisors who are nice enough to share their real-life journey to independence.
1: And we're lucky enough to be sitting here today with one of those real-life advisors, Ben Newhouse. How are you today, Ben? I'm doing just fine. Excellent. Excellent. So Ben Newhouse is the founder, CEO, and president of Vineyard Asset Management, where that team provides individualized financial planning, comprehensive financial analysis, and independent investment management and insurance services to clients throughout the country. But that's not enough for Ben. He's also the co-founder and CFO and COO of Vineyard Global Advisors. And at Vineyard Global Advisors, they provide institutional level risk-managed portfolio solutions to investment advisory firms, trust companies, an independent broker-dealer firms throughout the country. Ben's been a, is a practicing attorney and a certified public accountant, a CPA. Ben, you have more degrees than a the thermometer, and uh, <laughs> you know you've also obtained the personal financial specialist, the PFS. And I know that credential is only available to CPAs who've, who've acquired that additional specialized competency within the various financial management bodies of knowledge. And that's you know, very impressive to put all that together. And I know as an independent, comprehensive financial consultant, you maintain some some federal licensing as well, and the life and disability income and, and long term care insurance. So you received your your Bachelor of Science in Accounting and your Juris Doctor from the University of Tulsa. And I know that your experience in the professional fields involves trust and estate planning, income tax minimization planning and formulating asset protection strategies. And you have extensive experience in designing various financial solutions to meet the complex needs of physicians and business owners. And I could literally go on for several more paragraphs, but I want to get to talk to you. I will just establish the fact that you are well qualified to be on this podcast, and we truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to talk with us. So no one wanted to tune in to listen to me. So Ben, I'm going to turn it over to you, and I'm going to ask you, you know, how'd you get your start
2: in the industry? That is interesting, Jason. Because while you were reading through all that stuff, I had a thought that just came through my mind, and I I have not even had this thought for a good twenty something years. But it might surprise you that I absolutely hated school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the thought that I had was uh, I remember sitting on a bench with a girl that I liked in high school. And actually talking with her, contemplating, do I drop out of high school? I just, I hate this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but lo and behold, many years later, I get I get out of college and, and figure I better go get some more education to do some things. And it kind of works into how I got in, into this line of business is kind of from a rebellious standpoint, in a way, uh, my father. Uh, I want to hear this. Okay. well, My <laughs> father, he started a financial planning firm in Tulsa. I was raised in Tulsa. And, and, I thought I, when he was starting this thing, that was during the oil crunch and nobody had any money in Tulsa. And I remember those lean years and I thought I am not going to do what my dad did. I'm going to chart a different path, different course. So I go to uh, business school and, and figure I better do accounting because that's almost hundred percent job placement. I'm kind of bored being an accountant. I going to go to law school so I can do some legal work, be an attorney. And, and that, that was my idea. I was going to do something different than my dad doing legal work, CPA work, tax work. And I did that for a few years. And lo lo and behold, to do that job right, if you're going to do a good job for your clients, you got to really understand the financial situation in and out very thoroughly. And so as I would do that and go through things, those clients, I would notice that they had problems, financial problems, or they they were not getting good advice from their advisors, or, or they may have been getting good financial advice, but those advisors weren't seeing the whole picture. They weren't seeing the legal ramifications, the tax problems that they may have been bringing into the situation. So I'd point those out and the client would invariably ask, well, can you just fix that for me? Can you take care of it? <laughs> no, no, I'm not a securities license. I don't do that. I got asked that so many times from some of my best clients that I just eventually said, okay, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. And then there were a few more and now that's all I do. I got so busy doing that now that I don't even, I keep my licenses active. I do some, some legal work, some, I don't do any tax forms or tax preparation anymore, but we do the tax analysis and tax strategies. But now, yeah, for, for several years, I've been full-time financial advisor. I kind of fell into the, into the role reluctantly. It wasn't my design, but I'm very pleased that it worked out that way.
0: I love that story. I, I do. I thought for sure you were going to say it was because of a girl that you met in college. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it was not that. No. <laughs> thankfully, that high school girl talked me out of uh, dropping out of high school. So, oh,
0: good for her. But that for that her. was a good
1: move. Should that was her. a
0: good move. good move. Good move. Yeah, and 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 one thing to add to that too, Jason, that with all of the degrees and everything um, and the accomplishments that Ben's had, he was also one of the first advisor groups to join integrated. So he's kind of an unofficial co-founder of integrated. And we well, I should been-
2: put that on my bio. You yeah, should put that on your that. bio.
0: You absolutely should, because if it wasn't for you guys trusting in us, I don't know where we'd be today, but we were happy about that. So that that being said, you guys were with a an independent broker dealer then. And I believe that you had been with one prior to that. But tell me a little bit about what made you guys decide to, to make that that journey or that jump to independence.
2: Well, I think it was coming to the surprising realization that we weren't as independent as we thought we were, you know? And so okay. here I am, you know, attorneys and CPAs pride themselves on independence, right? Objectiveness and being devoid of any conflicts of interest. And I thought mm-hmm. well, we have that We're we are with an independent broker dealer. And by and large, we can do mostly what we want. But when you start looking at at some of the, not just rules and requirements, but also things that, they, that would be made available to us to use, you would find that the broker dealer had their own vested interest in things that they would allow you to do. Understandably so, but once you come to that realization, you have to admit to yourself that you're not truly independent. So we had some issues at that. You know, the timing was just not just coincidental. It's just it was great timing that Ian was just getting launched about that time when we are coming to this realization, and our independent broker dealer was having some identity crisis of its own because they were going through some some problems of being acquired by their firms that was causing them to uh, kind of lose what independence they had, and, and we were seeing this, and we we knew we we need to make a change really quickly, so. Um, That was the catalyst that pushed us out was, I think, just coming to the realization that we truly weren't as independent as we thought we were. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, you know,
1: listening to your story because you you do so many different things, not just uh, being a practicing attorney and a CPA. But I think the addition of Vineyard to the integrated platform really pushed us in a variety of different ways, meaning that we can cover a bunch of different business structures. So maybe tell me a little bit about vineyard asset management.
2: Okay. That's good because a good question because even through all these years, I still don't have an elevator pitch that I can explain our structure <laughs> really simply. Okay. So vineyard asset management is simply the firms that are under my direct control. Okay. We have multiple locations, okay. a few different states. And when I say my control, those are It's really more of a hybrid firm because we do still have some broker-dealer affiliations. Our structure is a little different here. We wanted to maintain some broker-dealer affiliation, not for advisory practice. We want all of our advisory practice to be completely independent. And and that's what we do with, with integrated. But then we do some 1031 exchanges for clients. We'll occasionally get into some alternative investments or some tax efficiency. We need to have access to being able to use those things. So we wanted to maintain those relationships. So Vineyard Asset Management allows us to do that. That's kind of your hybrid, holistic financial planning firm. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that's that structure.
1: And then you have Global or Vineyard Global Advisors. That's really the portfolio management side. That's right. right.
2: Vineyard Global Advisors then is is your strict fee-only peer advisory firm, certainly no conflicts of interest on that side. And we wanted to keep those two separate because whenever we're working with Vineyard Global Advisors, we want to be able to show there's no, there's no possible conflicts of interest here. But if we go into those 1031 exchanges or alternative investments, then we can show those clients on the Vineyard Asset Management side, hey, just so you're aware, even though we predominantly are doing advisory practice so, you're aware we need to point out these potential conflicts of interest, but they're so limited in scope, and the client sees that it's really for their tax benefit that we're doing it. So, it helps us from a management standpoint.
1: hmm. Well, it gives you the ability, gives you and everyone at Vineyard the ability to focus on what they do best and then also capture the benefit of that. You know, I mean, one thing about being in a huge team where, let's say, you work for you know, like a big wire house, or if you create a giant firm like that, you know, it, it's tough to make sure that everybody gets paid the right way.
2: Well, you know, you know just what I mean? hit The nail on the head is that by having that more complex structure, it allows us to do more things for clients. So we're not one size fits all. We don't, of course we have things that are in our wheelhouse, but we can truly, I don't want to say customize, but we can, we can truly Find ways to meet a client's needs no matter what they are. We have a path to go one way or the other. And that's very powerful. It is. It makes our lives more complicated, but, <laughs> uh, but it is powerful. Yes.
0: Well, it also sounds like you have a lot of staff to be able to service all of the clients that you work on on both sides of the fence. How did you how did you decide to kind of build out that staff and and were some of these people that you brought with you along the way or or you know as you've kind of grown your business and as you've changed your more to an independent direction, did you add them later? How did you go about doing that?
2: Well, probably seventy five percent of the people that we have with us now were with us at the time we made the true jump over to independence over to integrated. It was really important to us to make sure that the key players—well, not just key players, but really the whole team, the whole staff—that everybody bought in and understood why we were making this conversion. Because, yes. you know, some of the staff members they weren't necessarily going to see a change in their compensation, so we had to make sure that they understood the the benefits we were going to ultimately get to have them buy into going through the hassle of making the conversion. So there had to be something in there for them. And really for them, it was seeing a light at the end of the tunnel of a better way for us to practice what we were doing, obtaining better efficiencies on their work process. So many of the frustrations that we were having at the independent broker dealer, how that would be removed by just a change in structure. So it was important for us to get that that buy-in. But then the other part of the equation is as we have grown, we've always wanted to make sure Especially since we have multiple locations, that we always have people, boots on the ground, people in the areas where we have clients. Now our clients are all over the country, but you know we're going to have pockets of concentrations in areas, and that's where we got to make sure we have personnel located in those pockets. So the other twenty-five percent kind of grew with us after we made these changes.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that because I know that's one concern that people have, as you know should I take my assistant with me? Should I take my team with me? Should I kind of start over a little bit? And and I think if you've got the right people in place and, you know, you've got those relationships, why fix it if it's not broken, right?
2: Well, absolutely. That Yes, that's a great point. I, I, I would have missed saying that. If you have a team in place, by all means, that's the most important thing, most important asset of the business is, is the people. And so if you already have a well-functioning team, find any way you can to bring it. But then, bring that along but also it does create an opportunity for you to prune some of the pieces that aren't working you know if you have a takekerous right. right. piece in the puzzle here's your opportunity to cut it out and not not bring it with you as you start over
0: right and and, and even, we did
2: have a situation like that in one s- scenario where we, we did a little bit of pruning but by and large the the nucleus of our team the whole nucleus came came with us
0: yeah well and, and even if you have you know, even if you join a supported platform like integrated, you know, it's still important to have those team members in place because it just complements what is already being done by your staff. I would, I That's mean, right. I, I would think so. I love hearing how how different advisors have made that decision and made that choice, and I mean, that seems to be more of a common theme. Again, if you've got the group and it's working, and the team, bring them with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have a quick question for you. So. You know, the size and scope of your team is considerable and you cover a lot of ground with what you do. Was there any thought before jumping over and working with us, was there any thought of just trying to do it all yourself and just trying to say, hey, you know what, let's let's have our own RIA. We're going to do that. And, and if you did,
2: why'd you decide not to? <laughs> <laughs> of course, we had those thoughts. The main reason we didn't, aside from Liking the people are Integrated, of course. Oh, of course, uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> the, the, the main reason we did not go, that we elected not to pursue trying to do it on our own was really just one out of efficiency, cost efficiency. And I shouldn't say cost efficiency. It's really more time efficiency. We could leverage our time much more effectively by partnering with Ian than the money we would save by trying to do it on our own. So, I mean, yes, it may have been less costly, for us to do it on our own, form our own independent RA and do that, but we were still finding that the time that it would take for us to devote to the compliance needs, the things that integrated does for us, that when you pencil it all out, at best it was a wash, and in most cases, it was going to take more time or or take more attention from the key revenue drivers in our business, they'd have to pull away from their revenue producing activities to tend to compliance matters or administrative matters. And that this is a perfect area that we could outsource to a group like integrated to help us with that. So we didn't have to do it on our own. And that's really it. I mean, we love you guys, but, (laughs) but you guys figured out a way to help us leverage our time much more effectively than we could do on our own. No, I
1: appreciate that. I wasn't asking, I, I wasn't meaning to ask for a shameless plug, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> no, it was, no.
2: I'll, I'll then, give it to you where it's, where it's due.
0: Yeah. And well, and the, and the feeling is clearly mutual. I love hearing the, the kind of the backstories on these things and the reason why people have decided to, you know, to join our platform. But initially, like, you still feel, and this is something that we obviously promote, is that, you know, you you still have your independence have you started your own firm? You'd have the same type of independence that you do with us. It's just more of a supported independence model. Obviously, you have found that to be true because it's been almost six years now that we've been <laughs> working with you. <laughs> so I think that, that I think that's a kind of an important thing too. Um, just knowing that you know that you've got somebody that's kind of got your back from a, a support standpoint, but you still have that true independence that you that you wanted from the from the get go.
2: Yeah, you guys don't get in our way. So, so because you don't get in our way, we still truly feel like we really are independent. I mean, you take care of the things that we need taken care of that we would have to do on our own if it wasn't for you, but you're not getting in the way of dictating to us what we can, can't do or have to do. And that's what we were running into with, the, with our previous affiliation with the independent BD. Nah.
1: Yeah. And you, you, know, you, you hit on something earlier when you were talking about time the management of your time. A lot of people confuse that with money, but it is is different in that you also are building a business, but you also have, and I, and I left this out of your bio, I apologize uh, to your wife, Jennifer, that you you have, uh, four children and, and you guys like to stay really active. So how is the business and the personal life different? Now that you own your own independent advisory practice, do you find that there's less limitations on your on your time at the office and more time to spend with the family, or is that because that's a loaded question? You have to say yeah. something nice about your family, of course.
2: Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> the answer is yes, but I'll answer it in in a different manner. Is when I look back right now, I can't imagine. Being able to do time-wise with my family, what I can do today, I can't imagine being able to do that had we not made our conversion six years ago. And I'm saying that because we have, um, and I've got one daughter in college now, the second oldest, just he's a freshman in in high school, just started playing baseball Mm -hmm. in high school. Oh, is he on a travel team? Yes. I mean, we are living and dying baseball now. I mean, yeah. in, in an hour, I've got to go to his game. You know, I, I get to go to his game. though, well, not got to. <laughs> yeah, but no, like, we'll, we'll, to. we'll edit and, that
0: out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: and that, that type of stuff, leveraging time, I wouldn't have been able to do that before. So to me, not everybody's different. I know when you're building a business, certainly when I was building a business, There are times where making the money, generating the revenue is more important than your time. Fortunately, I'm at a point now in my career where the time is more important than the revenue generation. And so to me, being able to leverage the time is far more important. And that's where I really value about uh, our relationship with Integrated is you guys do help us make that much more effective than we could possibly do on our own. So I have more time to spend with my family and more time to do the things that I don't want to miss. You know, it's not a magic pill. It's not but I when I when I look back, I know I would not have been able to do today. I could not do what I'm doing had I not made the conversion five or six mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah.
0: Well, it also goes to show too that you you pick the right people in your staff to be able, you know, to in your firm to be able to support all of the the business opportunities that you've had. And well, that's the
2: key. You said yeah. earlier, I mean, if you have the team and it's functioning well, you yeah. gotta find any way you can to bring it with
0: you. Yeah. And I think that goes, that that's the same thing with, you know, with Integrated, with the staff that we have, same thing. I think we've got a great team and, you know, we continue to add to it when we know that there's An area that we want to try to focus a little bit more in, you know, then we bring in a new partner like Jason. So we can focus on more things like, you know, well, like, you know, the marketing side of things. So, I mean, it's, I, I 100% agree with you there. Hey, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit and ask you, you know, and you're giving some great advice and you're giving some great little nuggets for these people that are listening for our listeners, but what advice would you like to share with our listeners that maybe we haven't discussed already about making that move to independence? you know, some of the key things that you think they should consider.
2: If you're considering it, the advice i say is, what are you waiting for? Get going. (laughs) That's easier said than done. I I realize that too. But on one hand, get going. But on the other hand, slow down. And here's what I mean. is You sure you didn't have a philosophy degree as well? (laughs) (laughs) You may think that at the end of this interview. So uh, by slow down, what I mean is, you know, the movie, The Great Escape, Yeah, years yeah. ago, I mean, people escaping out of a Nazi prison camp, right? They couldn't wait to get going, but they had to p- make their plan. They had to execute it at the right time. Yeah. And the reason that comes to my mind is we were in a different situation because we were seeing the culture and the structure of our independent broker-dealer literally, cr- literally crumbling around us at the time that we made our jump and i regret not having had the time to properly plan our escape so to speak had we had the time to do that i think it would have been much less stressful i'd still do it over again i mean there's no regrets at all but we could have made it much less stressful on everybody we we were we had to get out quickly and make just crash move to to make the conversion and again we would do it all over again if we had to but if I had my choice, I would like to plan that and structure the transition much more seamlessly. That's probably the best advice I could give you. If you have that opportunity, take every advantage of it, and then make the move.
1: If you had that time, would you would you spend that time on? And I'm just hypothesizing. You can say none of the, none of the above. But would you spend that time on? Preparing clients, preparing, I mean, is it office space? Is it, you know, getting your family prepared? Like, like what, what part of it you know, would you, if you the had It's game that
2: plan of having, having any, any paperwork that needs to be done ready to go so that when you are out the door, you don't have to spend time creating the wheel. The wheel's already created. Now you just have to execute on it. Mm-hmm. Um, talking to clients, preparing them ahead of time. That's what I mean by it. Okay. So when we left, made our conversion, we were like a um, fish out of water or a duck just getting ready to land on the water. It can't take (laughs) off flying again. I mean, we had to start creating everything from scratch at that point. So that, that caused us to be delayed by a good few weeks or a month. And those are things that we could have, if we'd had the opportunity could have anticipated or uh, prepared in advance. That's my only regret is not having that opportunity. And again, that would not have dissuaded us from making the the conversion. Mm -hmm. We still would have done it. We obviously did. We did do it knowing that. But if I was in somebody else's shoes and I had that opportunity, I would get everything lined up, ready to go. So that when you do make the uh, decision, when it's time to make the escape, you are hitting the ground running. Well, and, and you
1: are an, uh, you know, a practicing attorney and a CPA. So I know that you'd like to have everything in order. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Don't like surprises, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I think that brings up a very good point because, you know, how much, how much time is too much time? You know, people get analysis paralysis, but you also have to plan. This is a big life change. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's a big change in what you're doing. It is.
0: Let me ask you, what did you guys get as far as a retention rate? from your clients making that transition? The ones that you wanted to keep. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) How many of those did you realize? Um, It's also a good time to shut off the ones that you don't want. And there's-
2: Well, yes,
0: yes. yeah.
2: Just uh, as I was saying, being able to take that opportunity to prune some of your own staff, if you desire to do that, you have the opportunity to recreate your, your client list too. Now of the people that we wanted to bring with us, I'd tell you 100%, but I'm telling you that because I can't think of a single person who didn't come with us that we wanted. Okay. Right. Now, we certainly took uh, an opportunity to prune a few troublesome headache clients. And this was an area where I could really sell the staff, too. The staff, you know, <laughs> hey, here's our opportunity to get rid of so and so. We're not going to bring them along. They won't have to mess with you anymore. <laughs> so then yeah. I, I got some buy in from them on that, you know. Okay. So that, that was a good opportunity yeah. for it. But we didn't have, any problem. And I, I understand our situation may be a little bit different because we I would have said we were like halfway to independent since we were with an independent broker dealer. To our clients, they didn't even necessarily know who our broker dealer was. So when we said here's what we're doing and here's why, and by the way, we'll be able to even be not just more independent, but we will we won't have to answer to certain independent broker-dealer rules and stuff. And I mean, we all have rules we have to yeah. abide by. I'm not saying but that. You, but you're
0: leading a dictatorship, right? You're leading. Yes, right? Yes. <laughs>
2: we don't have anybody telling us what we have to do or encouraging us what we should do or what they want us to do. Now right. we don't have anybody over our shoulder trying to whisper things into our, our ear, trying to motivate us to do things for you. This is on us now. And right. we didn't have any clients that that had any issue with it. And they were perfectly happy to do it.
1: Let me ask you this, Ben, Sorry to interrupt. A big fear for advisors when they leave where they are is, are my clients going to come with me? And it's a universal fear. I had an advisor friend of mine tell me one time, he said, you know, whenever you, if you ever move, it's like asking your clients if they love you. And sometimes they say no. (laughs) But uh, what did you do to ensure that you, that you had the client relationships that you think Because I mean, it. The transition rate is pretty high going independent, but there are some people that that don't do it as well. Is there any kind of tips that you would think of to, to smooth your transition with your clients?
2: Well, for us, we really made it seem like it was made it seem like it was very administrative in nature or it was just another document that needed to be signed. Now, we would go through and explain what it was, of course, but this goes back to what I was saying earlier about having everything in place so that you're meeting with that client one time and they're doing uh, document signings one time. We didn't want to have to continually go back and back and back. So if we have it all at once, we would explain, here's the structure that we're going to, here are the benefits that you're going to get from that, from our doing this, and explain to them that this is really more of more work on our end. You're not going to see much difference. The only difference you're really going to notice is your statements are coming from a different custodian than what we were using before. Otherwise, you're still working with us. And because we were already in effect, indeed, we were already acting independent, operating independently before. So they didn't notice any difference. And I think where you can, if an arrangement can be made with the custodian to help cover the costs on a transition, oftentimes they're willing to do that. Anytime you can tell a client, this isn't going to cost you anything. It's really more of a paperwork shuffle on our end. They're completely fine with it as long as they think they get to continue working with you. You know, and so there were some situations where there was a cost and we said, you know, we'll just we'll go ahead and absorb it. We told them there, there's a cost here, but we're going to go ahead and cover it because we think it's in your best interest. So um, anything you can do just to smooth that out works fine. And we didn't, I literally cannot think of a single client that we wanted to keep that didn't come with us. That's fantastic. Congratulations.
0: I love hearing that. I do. So I'm going to, I'm going to shift just a little bit. What do you think about mentors? Do you have a mentor? Do you mentor anyone? What, What does that mean to you?
2: I think mentors are invaluable. I still, I still think back. I keep meaning to do this. I need to write a thank you letter to some of the mentors I had or <laughs> back when I was in college. You know, I, I still think about some of the people that gave me an internship when I was a junior in college, and and the opportunities that that created for me. And that's what I mean by just sending them a thank you note. Uh, hey, I haven't forgotten all after all these years. So I think mentors are invaluable. Even now we will, even though we don't need internships in our business now, Yeah. some of my staff gets irritated with me at times. They're like, why did you bring on another intern? We, we don't need them. I know we don't need them, but I just want to kind of repay the favor, give them an opportunity, uh, kind of let them build their own resume yeah. as long as they're not hurting us. But so I think mentorship is very valuable and it, it makes a huge difference in a person's life who is who is truly seeking to get the experience or the wisdom from you. Now, if somebody's just in there for a job, then obviously that doesn't matter. But somebody who's really trying to learn, you'll make a difference in their life that they'll never forget. I just told you, I, I still, there are two people I need to send. Thank you. notes 20, 30 years later. That I need to thank them for the opportunities they gave me. Even now, I, yeah, I have mentors. I'm fortunate that one of my partners, one of the co-founders in Vineyard, Global advisors. I would consider. I've never told him this, but I would consider him to be my mentor. You know, so he might find out now. (laughs) I guess yes, he probably will find out now. But you know, this is where his his experience and age and wisdom. He's got he's got ten years on me. He's seen things I haven't seen, and so why wouldn't I want to learn from that? I'm kind of a student of history. I'm kind of actually a. I'd call myself an amateur historian. I, I love history. I would have majored in history if I could have gotten a job out of college. You know, I love <laughs> yeah. history. So I read lots of history stuff and I like to learn from other people's successes and failures, you know? So I, I think mentorship's invaluable.
0: Wow, that that was a great response. I'm actually taking notes now because now you're gonna make me send some thank you cards out to people that have (laughs)
2: have felt the same along
0: the way. I I know I saw I saw Jason writing to I'm like, we're both gonna be (laughs) sending out some thank you cards. I love that. Yeah, but it is, I mean, it's it's it is invaluable. And we've talked to people and or I've I've talked to people that, you know, and it's not just about what they've done to help them succeed. It's like, what did you do? Like Tell me about your failures too, you know, and things that you were able to overcome because I think that's even more important, learning what not to do, right? And you sometimes you've got Absolutely. to make that mistake to learn. Yeah. It's like, okay, not going to touch that hot fire again. <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh,
2: my first job out of college as an accountant, you said that and it reminds me of an interview question that I had gotten that the manager, this was of a, of a Fortune 500 company, energy company in Tulsa. And, and he later told me, he said, you just nailed this question on the interview. So I didn't want to tell you of it, but because he, he was asking me, well, why did you, why did you minor in history? I just minored because I took so many history courses because I loved it. You know, I ended up with a minor in it. And he said, well, why did you minor in it? Why does it matter to learn about things that have already happened? I said, the point of history is not to learn what happened is to learn what didn't happen. And, yeah. and if if a failure happened, why didn't that failure cascade into worse things? You know, so people kind of miss the point there. And if you if if you can learn what didn't happen and why it didn't happen, you can save yourself a bunch of heartache later on in
0: life. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. So That answer yeah. got me
2: to my first accounting job. I was stunned.
1: It's a great answer. Uh, I, I majored in English and my dad asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I want to be a writer. And he said, Learn how to write ransom notes. It's the only writing that pays. <laughs> but and he was right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you this. So this kind of goes in the since we're getting a little bit more uh, philosophical. I always like to ask everybody. I, I sort of blame uh, James Lipton from the Actors Studio, but I like to ask people. You know, if you could sit down and chat with anyone, and I know it's very difficult to limit it to, to one person and it can cover a lot of different ground. However, you know whether they're living or not, who would you who would you like to sit down with and just sort of have a conversation with?
2: I've heard people ask that question in presidential debates and <laughs> I've often asked myself who would that be. We're Remember trying to George be very presidential. W. Bush Being asked that, he said Jesus Christ and I thought, well that's a good answer. I would yeah. love to sit and talk with him. And that, that's my Sunday school answer. Abraham Lincoln Man, that guy just astounds me. The more, the more I learn about him, I'm astounded. Mm-hmm. I'll get emotional if I talk about my father. I lost him a few years ago, but we had a great relationship. And oh, I'm sorry. Um, this will kind of throw you a curve. You know, I told you earlier, I might get a little philosophical with you. I would say one of the people that intrigues me that I'd like to talk with more is the Apostle Paul. Okay. Hmm. this from a historical standpoint. So, I read a lot on on World War II and stuff. And and we all know about the stories of uh, the Nazis hunting down the Jews and how relentless they were. Well, that was Paul. He was hunting down anybody who followed Jesus. He was Mm -hmm. relentless. And then he, you know, the proverbial axiom saw the light. Okay. And lo and behold, now he becomes a follower of Jesus. And, Obviously, something was so dramatic that it changed his life to the point where he's no longer hunting them. He becomes one and even ends up dying as one. So something really convinced him there, life-changing convinced. Now, as a good attorney, let me analogize that to what we're talking about today because I told you kind of my epiphany was being in an independent broker-dealer, thinking we were independent and all of a sudden realizing, no, we really aren't. And then making that conversion (laughs) <laughs> and I would tell you right now, because we've been approached several times, many times from other independent broker dealers. I mean, the same ones that we left and ones we had a relationships with have come back, begging us to come back and offering us huge packages to come back. There is no way we would, me or myself or any of the partners that, you know, the four people that you mentioned, Linda, that we all came at the same time. The four of us all universally know we would never go back into that world, even if it killed us. <laughs> okay. And so that's my analogy to Paul. And so I would like to sit down and talk with him and learn a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was so convincing here? Cause I can see that from a professional standpoint that we, you get to a point where you just know there is no turning back and we would never make that change going backwards. It's so enlightening or uh, liberating is a better word to be where we are now. And I wouldn't care what the offer was. We would never go back the other direction.
0: I love that answer.
2: And yeah, I told you I great. get philosophical. I no,
0: I love it. I love it. So we're going to name this this broadcast the Master of Philosophy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Road to Damascus. Yeah. I know. Yeah, the Road to Damascus. I like The, that. the
0: Road to Damascus. Okay, well, we can do that. We can do that. No, I just i I can't even tell you how much I've enjoyed sitting down and having this conversation with you.
1: And uh, we really appreciate your openness and your desire to to be on the podcast and and share your story. I'm a storyteller by nature and I just think it helps, but uh, well, here's I a, really here's do a
2: roundabout that. story that kind of can maybe, uh, conclude things It kind of encapsulates everything else is one of the biggest lessons that I have learned through my career is just to make sure that you always surround yourself with good people, not just good people, but certainly people that know more than you know more th- other things than you. That don't always agree with you because they can show something new to you that that you may not have considered. And when you find those types of people, it's important to always stay connected to them somehow. And the story I have is oh, this would have been in 2015. I remember coming back from an independent broker dealer trip as one of their top producer trips. We were out in Hawaii. It was a great trip. I loved it. I thought, oh, this is great. Why would I, who would ever want to leave this broker dealer, right? And I was in the Denver airport in the B terminal. I go through Denver all the time. That's where I am. Okay. Okay. So, you know, in that terminal, right before you take the turn to go down to the puddle jumper planes, there's a bunch of seats, of course, along the escalator area. And, And I was sitting there with my wife and I get a phone call from Clark. Now at this time, Clark and I, we did some work together, but we weren't partners. We didn't. I mean, he supported me on some things, but I always knew he he was a quality person, somebody I wanted to stay connected to. And I had learned during that call that he had been part of a massive round of layoffs from the broker-dealer. They were tripping. I mean, I told you, the culture was crumbling around us as we watched. And, and the problem was I knew about this. I knew he was getting laid off before he knew. And I, I felt terrible about that. And he called me and we were discussing it. And I thought, I remember thinking, I need to stay connected to this guy. Somehow we'll figure out how to do something together. We'll, we need to find out a way to do work together somehow. And lo and behold, a couple of years later, just staying in that connection and working with things, he ended up being one of the co-founders along with me of Vineyard Global Advisors. And it's kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes in a sense, you know, at a time when we thought, Oh, this is terrible. It turned out to be the, the catalyst for something that has uh, been a wonderful journey for all of us. We have two other partners with us in, in this venture and, and that wouldn't have happened, you know, but, but for that bad event, and then also it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't deliberately made, not just the effort, but the determination to remain connected somehow. And so every time I pass by that area in the airport now, I always think I know exactly where I was sitting. And I always think about that. And I'm thankful for that moment now because of where we are today. And, and Clark and I will, will reminisce about that from time to time and how thankful we are about it. But the point is just to, when you find a good team, when you have good people with you, that's the important thing. Keep that nucleus intact above all else. And if you have that making a conversion to going independent is a breeze as long as you have the right people with you. And Linda, I would say you and Jason are part of that team because you guys made it possible for us to do that. You know, And we Thanks. sought you guys out. You guys didn't Aww. hunt us. We found you. So. Right. Um,
0: well, and we appreciate that. And, I don't think we could have ended that better with any closing comments of our own. I mean, that, I don't know if you shared that story with me before or not, but I love it. And I haven't,
2: I haven't shared that with anybody, but Clark.
0: So uh, well, and, and now happens.
2: you and your podcast follow.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time. And I hope that our, I hope our listeners, I hope we have listeners and I hope <laughs> that they have, <laughs> that they have taken away some good stuff from this. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening. To find other tools and resources, I encourage you to visit our website at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com or feel free to give me a call at 855-729-4222 for specific questions or you can email me at lynda at integratedadvisorsnetwork.com. Please note that all conversations are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague who might benefit from its content. This is Linda Picks, and I thank you for listening to Integrated Advisors Network podcast series, Journey to Independence.